on this episode, we dive deep. This is a personal one. You know, I realize that I'm not always just talking to people I know on the podcast. When I get, when I first got involved, um, I thought, you know, I'm always talking to people that I know. When, you know, reality is that hopefully this podcast reaches a lot more people than just the people I know. So, uh, this podcast we are going to talk about none other than myself. Uh, going to go back with my history, my background, let people know a little bit about me. I open up quite a bit and uh, talk about things that I actually rarely or if never have talked about before. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. It might end up being a two-parter depending on how long, but um, we get into it. So hope you enjoy it. Episode 207, coming at you. Let's go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. What's up, everybody? This is The Hybrid Life. I am Kevin Bay, your fantastic host. What, what's new? What's, what's shaking? It's been two weeks. Uh, I told you I wasn't going to have very many days off, or weeks off, I should say, but done some traveling and planned on trying to uh, record while we were traveling, but that didn't really work out the best. Uh, there's not a lot of places you can record that's quiet when you are in a hotel room at a resort that is full of Disney kids. So even going outside would have been a task in itself. Um, our beginning travels was in Las Vegas, which I'm going to have to say and go out on a limb. Um, I'm over Las Vegas. I did it for a long time. Uh, when I first lived in Arizona, went there quite a bit. Had a blast when I used to go there. But that's when I was partying and younger and could stay up till the next day. <laughs> uh, needless to say, I went out there for a baseball tournament with my boys and I was in bed by 9.30 every single night. I know, super lame for somebody to go to Las Vegas and be in bed that early, but we were out there to do a, a baseball national tournament. We won the whole thing, uh, and it was cool to do that with my buddies. It was the first time we actually won that tournament. Took second like seven years in a row, so it was quite satisfying, but we go out there to get a job done and uh, try not to stay out super late. Ate a ton of good food, got to hang out with some of my really, really good friends that I don't get to see very often. So that uh, served its purpose. Came home for a day or two and then right back out to Florida for spring break. My eight-year-old, we took to Disney World 
Disney World. Let me tell you, uh, six parks in six days, open to close, magic hour, which means you get to get there an hour early. Got out of there. Two of the nights, we were the last car in the parking lot. So 30 to 35,000 steps a day, which is basically a half marathon, not something I care to do again. Izzy, my eight-year-old, loved it every single minute of it. She did not want to go home. I, however, was ready to go home after probably two days. I hate lines. I'm not huge on the rides anymore. I mean, there's like a handful of roller coasters that I can get with, but I have to do, I do have to say Avatar. If you guys make it out to Animal Kingdom in Florida, Avatar, one of the best uh, entertainment experiences I've ever had the um, privilege of encountering. It is full on, uh, every sense is used. They they change the smells you get to see as far as the eye can see in every direction you fly on those banshees that they have in the movie you feel it breathing between your legs it's just it's really they blow the wind it's really it's really awesome i do have to say that uh three and a half hour wait which can really get on your nerves but first time worth it I wouldn't wait in line again. I would only go on that again if I had a fast pass. Which, by the way, you have to book 60 days in advance of your trip. And they sell out within the first three to five minutes. Uh, going there, you have to really plan. you got to plan your meals. If you want to go to a good restaurant, some of them take reservations are booked a year out. A year out. It's insane. So much can happen in a year. I would never make a reservation a year in advance. But there's a steak place in Epcot that is supposedly fantastic. They booked it a year out in advance. So I also don't think really little kids. Like Izzy's the perfect beginning age to start. Um, I think... She's eight. She'll, she's going to be nine. Anything younger, I think, is a waste of time and money. One, I don't know if the kids will even remember it. Two, it's a lot for them to do in a short period of time. They're going to get wiped out. The Their patience gets weighed in lines over and over again. It's crazy expensive. I suggest you wait till the youngest kid you have is at least eight or nine years old. Um, but... Lots of memories that uh, you won't ever forget. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's truly the happiest place on earth. The workers there, I mean, every single one in every single park was really great. The cleanest place I've ever been that's that large. I mean, there's a guy in the freaking urine, in the bathroom waiting for someone to get done taking a piss. He runs right up there and cleans it. I, I, it was unbelievable food was pretty good if you do some due diligence you can find good places to eat cons obviously the really long days if it gets hot which it wasn't we had perfect weather the whole time we were there but i can see how it, when it's hot it's gonna it would be miserable there because the lines are long i mean the shortest line you're looking at is 90 minutes two hours uh I highly suggest you go 
during the school year between end of August and end of October and take the kids out of school. I mean, if your kid is struggling, is going to struggle by taking a week off of school, then that might not be the best scenario. But if they can get by by taking a week off, doing their work uh, on vacation, it is, from what I understand, talking to people, that's the best time to go because the park's empty and you can get on everything you want. So, uh, yeah, my Disney trip. Got back a few days ago. And uh, that's it. Uh, I, I like Disney. It was a good time. It was fun experience, great memories. I'm not sure I'll do it again, so. All right, well, back in the swing of things back here, I did get my training in out there every day. Uh, they weren't great workouts. They were just stuff to get moving. So because of that, I, I would have hit my 100 days straight out there. I started back to 95. I pushed it 95 starting Monday so we could get our last five workouts of the 100 uh, straight days of training Hashtag 100 straight days of training. Um, finish it with five really good workouts. So that's what we're going to be doing. I'm pushing right through 100. I'm going to take a day off here and there, but I'm going to push right through 100. Uh, also, starting this week, I am doing a keto reset for a week as a guinea pig um, to really see if someone's strict on, on keto with what can uh, what it could do for me you know uh, it doesn't matter what happens I'm not going to be a keto person it's not going to be a lifestyle it's going to be a short term um, thing to see if I can what ketosis is going to do for my body but I will always stand behind the fact that keto is not should not be a lifestyle unless you are an inactive person um, high fat moderate protein, low to no carbs, uh, is something that should be done for short periods of time. And if done prolonged over long periods of time can really do a number on your hormone levels, especially as a female. There, uh, if you want more about keto, you can go back in the episodes. I think I touch on it at least twice. There's one that's totally dedicated. It's the Mark Bell episode because he is a, a big keto guy, but uh, his keto is different than traditional keto because he will jump in and out of ketosis when he feels like eating things that he likes. So that's what I'm going to do. And we are also going to do a 48-hour fast as a group. Check our social medias um, to get the details. We're going to start at noon instead of at night because it's a little bit harder. And the point of a fast isn't only to reset your body but it also is a discipline um, mind over matter mind over body type of things so we're going to start it at noon on a day that we're going to pick I'm not quite sure the exact date yet because coming back from vacation puts other people on spring break that we are friends with and we have people here for 17 straight days so it might be a little hard to do a fast with visitors but we are going to do it so check our um, Instagrams Facebook uh, Snapchat we don't really do much on but Instagram Facebook for sure 
at Hybrid Fit Club and at Kevin Bay HFC. Um, other than that, that's about what's been going on. Um, saw Black Panther, fantastic. Again, not better than Deadpool, is if you're going to look at superhero movies, in my opinion. But still, really, really great. Looking forward to the new Avengers. Uh, evidently broke the record of pre-sale tickets that Black Panther set in just six hours. So if you want to see that early, you better get your tickets now. Um, what else have I seen? I saw that uh, 315 to Paris. Really great story. I hate to be negative, but probably some of the worst acting I've ever seen. Not their fault, they weren't actors. Clint Eastwood, for some reason, thought it would be cool to use the actual guys that were involved in the incident as the main actors, and in my opinion, really, really, really backfired. I mean, my wife, who doesn't even really have an opinion on acting and stuff, she just likes movies for the entertainment value, even commented on how uncomfortable it was to watch some of these guys act sometimes so uh, I still recommend it it's a really good story and a really cool thing that those guys did but it's just not a, um, man it's just not good acting anyway so that's that uh, TV shows what's been coming out the new Jessica Jones haven't got to jump back into that yet altered carbon I love I think it's an acquired taste, but I loved it. I, I loved the new se uh, the first season. Sneaky Pete season two came out. That is a hidden gem. I think it's a really, really, really good show. Super smart. This season was really good. With the uh, the ending was really cool. Um, it's kind of like a caper, con man type of um, show. Really like that with Giovanni Ribisi. Um, Started Frankenstein Chronicles. I think I'm jumping off that train. Two episodes in. It's kind of boring. I, I see where they're trying to go with it, but it's boring. Um, so, that's about it when it comes to television. Movies. Uh, I actually, you know, we moved into our new house and I am building, we're building a pool. And I'm, touch, I'm, I'm talking about this because running into some issues so we picked this pool company uh, they weren't even the best price they were actually a little more expensive than a couple places and we really researched the pool stuff that we talked to about eight different pool companies picked this one mostly because they said they would get it done at a certain time uh, we closed on the house February 1st I assumed they were going to start building the pool immediately had some troubles with permits not their fault finally got the permits we're on week four and a half of construction for the pool they've worked a total of six days three days to dig the hole three days to, after three weeks of that started putting in the plumbing and the rebar did that for three days I've been home for three days haven't seen a worker and my point is, and this is for business in general and how I do my business, but you never say you're going to do something and as a business owner and not fulfill that promise. 
You over deliver and under promise, in my opinion. If someone came up to me and said, I wanna lose 25 pounds in a month, is that possible? If I say yes, and they don't get to that 25 pounds, I look like a bad, I'm bad at my job and I lied, okay? What I would say is, it is possible to do that. I'm not going to say we are going to because we can't predict what's going to happen. That will be a definitely a goal, but if we don't get to that goal, it's okay. We'll get there, okay? Them telling me that they could get a pool done in a certain amount of time and not going to do that is a problem. If he would have told me, I don't know if we can get that done by that time, we're going to try, it's more realistic that we're going to finish it in this time, that would have been totally fine. I would have been okay with that. But for them to tell me they're going to get it done and then not get it done in that time, completely unacceptable. I'm not going to talk about who the pool company is and any of that stuff. I don't, it's not why I'm talking about this. But my point is, in life, people, we need to be accountable for the things that you say you're going to do. So don't t say, don't tell people what they want to hear just so you, you can get on their good side or you can get their business. Be realistic with them and over-deliver. Give yourself some room to fuck up that way, when you do something that you're supposed to and you do it on time, you're happy, the client's happy, and everybody's happy. Instead, lack of communication has caused me to be extremely angry about this pool thing. So, you know, it's not going to get done in time, and now it's causing me to be, you know, mad, and it's going to damper some experiences that our friends are going to not be able to get because we're not going to be the pool is not going to be done so you know that that is um that's not cool it's not cool um you know self so working on your self-awareness is something that i've really really been putting a lot of time and effort into over the past couple of years especially but I'd say within the la over the last five a main focus over the last three so what we're going to talk about today is me basically it's gonna we're gonna dive into my history uh, my childhood growing up uh, just so people can get an idea of my background where I come from and uh, how how um you know, life, my view of life is or has evolved from a young kid, high school, college, young adult to the present. So, you know, when I when I started this podcast, I I was I was talking and using my voice to people that are under the impress, I guess, under the impression that I was talking to people that I already knew that already knew me. You know, I was basing it off of my following on social media, my my background and, and people that um, ask me for advice that already know me. So with this podcast, the intentions are to reach the masses and doing that, people don't know me. Most people that listen to this podcast don't know me at all. So assuming that people know me is just a huge, um, 
it's a huge misconception. They, they absolutely don't know me. They don't know anything about me. They don't know my background. They don't know my upbringing. They don't know me from the past. So what we're going to do today is just touch upon um, my life up until this point so people can get an idea of who I am, get to know me a little bit better, and then hopefully because of that, they um, they feel more of a connection with me and listen to the advice that I give them. So uh, growing up, um, I, look, a lot of times, you know, people that are in my field, that are successful in my field, they have a background of having a reason why they started uh, it fitness, whether it was, um, you know, being a heavy kid, being a too skinny of a kid, um, having low self-esteem, needing something to pick them up, and they they migrated towards fitness. I mean, I mean, it's not it doesn't suck. It was great for me, but I don't have any of those stories. My childhood was was great, and uh, I had two parents growing up my whole life they were married um i lived in a a normal middle america chicago suburb middle class to you know the definition of middle class we never really struggled for anything my mom was a stay-at-home mom my dad was a hard-working truck driver was gone a lot but was um you know, used to be an overnight driver when we were younger, and then as we got older, he he started to do just local driving. Uh, we had a house, uh, we had a yard, we had dogs. I mean, it wasn't that we weren't like by any means um, affluent. We didn't um, have a lot of money, but we definitely did not go without things. I always had uh, the sports gear, and you know backing up a little bit I mean from the time I could uh, walk or run or do things I was playing sports Um, 24 7 365 my life was geared towards sports Uh, I played football baseball and basketball growing up never didn't do that until I was uh, I mean into my college years I even played uh, football, baseball, and basketball at some point in college. So I always played three sports my whole life. Um, I worked at that to excel at it. It was the competition that made me better. I grew up with an older half-brother of seven seven years older. I have a younger sister who's 11 months younger, but my older brother would... Uh, allow me to play sports against him and his friends and I always played with the older kids and to this day uh, even you know in my 20s I I attributed my athletic achievements I guess you could say or being good at the sports I played to always playing against older kids my whole life like well older especially you know if you're talking about eight years old playing against 15 year olds that's what I did I did it in every sport um football tackle football it was crazy think about it now I don't I just I don't think that would that would fly but back then it was commonplace you know we were outside every day even in the winter growing up in the suburbs of Chicago 
it was cold, but we did stuff outside all the time. Um, I mean, I was a video game freak. Uh, started with the first in television, Atari, and tele, um, ColecoVision, Atari 2600, Nintendo. I went through all of them, but you know that other than sports, video games was kind of like my, my only other uh, hobby. Um, so yeah, my childhood was normal. I didn't have any crazy stuff happen. There was no um, bad things at home. So, you know, growing up was great. Uh, my sister and I are close. We're still close. Uh, my family's a very close Italian family. I didn't know my dad's side of the family at all. I never really have. But uh, my mom's side was a big, giant Italian family. So we grew up around love. We showed a lot of affection. Um, I think that helped make me the person I am. I'm, I've never been really cut off or closed off to uh, letting people know how I feel. And uh, I think that is also attributed to my childhood and how he's grown up. Um, high school, uh, again, normal. Uh, the only thing that would have been different was um, coming out of eighth grade I had a lot of uh, scholarship offers to private schools for football and basketball, and I was about to go to a, a Catholic school in, uh, in in the Chicagoland area called Nazareth Academy. I was literally two days away from going, and for some reason, I just decided to change my mind and go to public school. And I ended up going to a school called uh, Stag Amos Alonzo Stag High School out in Palos Hills, Illinois. Um, I don't regret that. Uh, going there was, was uh, where I met some of my closest friends that I still have to this day. Um, it's a little bit, growing up on the south side of Chicago, and I didn't realize this till I got older, but you get into a mentality of let's see support is not a big thing out there so a term of endearment for south siders south suburbs not you know when, when you t say south side to people that aren't from the area they are they attribute that to like um the bad the gang neighborhoods or the bad parts of chicago it's not that's not the case we were in the south suburbs like i said middle class true and true and um so, like I said, a term of endearment is fucking with each other, you know, always, um, I guess, teasing or ridiculing is a term of endearment. And that never really correlated to community support with anything. I mean, it's even as far as like, the athletes in my grade, they never got support from the community. The community never came out and supported our teams or our individuals and even, you know, alumni wise. It just wasn't, it's not that kind of a, an area. It's a really blue collar, hardworking, um, nose to the grindstone type of community. And it's just not a supportive community. They, they, uh, 
making fun of you is like if someone always makes fun of you it's a safe bet that they're you're close with them and I didn't realize until I moved away and I've been gone for quite a while now that you know negativity surrounds that area and I and I just didn't I don't think that's a good atmosphere to grow up in athletically so but because of that it's it's taught me how to um, do the opposite and what the what that does to people long term I like I, I try and do the opposite now like uh, people that know me and, and know my my background will think that they'll say that I was a negative person and I've tried and tried and tried to be less judgmental less um, opinionated and more supportive of uh, people and and what they're doing and, and always trying to want people to succeed at what they're doing. Wanting people to fail is something that I grew up around and I, I don't like that. It's not, it's not fun. It's not a good feeling to have. And I grew up that way. I always felt I had a huge chip on my shoulder my whole life because I felt like people wanted me to fail. They got they got off on me failing instead of uh, happy for me succeeding. And I think a lot of it stems from, um, you know, freshman year, I played varsity football. Uh, I had a coach at, he was a, his first year as a head coach was my first, my freshman year. And um, we had summer camp I attended. I did, you know, I, I was, I was the fastest kid on the I would have been the fastest kid on the varsity football team as a freshman um, in the in the 200 meters I ran the fastest 200 meters as a freshman and the head football coach the head freshman coach would not play me a quarterback so I was playing running back and the quarterback was a kid that was from uh, the local youth uh, football program where this freshman coach coached and I'll I don't know why but I'll never forget the first time I ever carried a football in a freshman football game it was like a 60 yard touchdown run and after that game uh, my the varsity coach's name was Jamie Harrington um, great 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 man the most disciplined he, he taught me discipline. He taught me hard work. He taught me work ethic. He taught me uh, to have some intestinal fortitude. Um, and he really taught me to hate losing. I really think that he was somebody that taught me to hate losing. He, X's and O's wise, I don't know if he was the greatest coach offensively, um, especially for some of the talent that we had surrounding us through our four years. But as a head coach, a leader, he taught me how to be a leader. He, I will, I will eternally be grateful to that man. And I wish I could still talk to him. I haven't spoken to him since I graduated high school. I would love to catch up with him somehow, but he taught me uh, how to be a leader and how to always uh, work hard for what you, um, what you want out of life. So, and like I said, I'll never forget. He came up to me after my freshman, first game of freshman year with my dad. 
and said I, he wanted me to play varsity football and I was going to play safety and wide receiver and work at quarterback and and that's what I did uh, from then on and uh, it, it, it made for a great um, high school athletic career it's some of my fondest memories I hate to sound like uh, Al Bundy or Uncle Rico but it really was <laughs> it was uh, memories I won't ever forget but it Playing team sports really, you know, teaches you a lot of life lessons, and I attribute a lot of that to having a great coach and mentor like uh, Coach Harrington. Um, yeah, so again, uh, I went through a hardship in high school, though. I, I have to say, junior, and, and this is where I think a lot of people started want, wanting me to fail was my junior year, first year, first game of my second game of my junior year, I had a um, complete ACL tear every ligament in my knee was torn in the second game of the season and my dad thought it would be a smart move to take the entire year off of high school because I was super I was the youngest person in my grade so he held me back a year took me out of school immediately and then I got to play my junior year over again start over the next year as a junior so I still had two more years of high school and I received so much criticism and and um, blowback from that especially from the teachers in school I had a, a math teacher that that would not give me the benefit of the doubt for anything like I mean I didn't really take school all that ser seriously back then I was I don't know if it's you know I've never been I, I, I don't like to say ADD or attention deficit disorder I don't like that term I think it gets thrown around a lot but I've never been great at sitting in class and paying attention I just always have been anxious when I, that happened taking tests made me anxious um, reading is hard for me to do and sit down and do I, my, my brain doesn't work in that kind of uh, a way and it goes all the way back to high school so you know in hindsight doing that year off was a it was great it really helped me a lot it 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 uh, allowed me to have some opportunities that I actually squandered away because of my bad grades um, it, it forced me to not be able to accept scholarship offers that I had from big big schools um, because I was not qualified um, academically, and it's simple as that. Uh, there's a lot of your your life goes into different forks, and that fork in particularly, I think, made the biggest impact of my life. Um, not being serious about my schoolwork, and and I've always wanted to go back and as an adult and talk to incoming freshmen athletes boys and girls about how important it is to just keep your grades up make yourself eligible for always look at what you're going to do to get into college and starting from day one you know as soon as you get to be a freshman take your grades seriously because it can really affect you down the road and it really did for me I mean you know, it all worked out. Uh, there's a lot of good things that happened because of the path that I went on, but there could have been a lot of other, a different life. And who knows, it could have been worse if I went the other way. But 
but for sure not not taking my school uh, seriously affected the path of my life and that that is a hundred percent true um, I never I never invested in a plan B my life always revolved around playing a, being a professional athlete that's what I was going to do there was no one that was going to tell me different my whole life was revolved around that um, I never drank in high school I never did drugs I was I never smoked a cigarette um, shoot I think I've only I only got two detentions my entire high school career um, so there was no there was no plan B but I was lazy in school I didn't do my homework I rarely studied for tests it just it was it was a bad choice it was a bad life choice uh, I put all my eggs in the basket of working hard towards athletics and I didn't round myself out as a person and be good at school so um, because of that I had to choose a, the junior college route and um, again I made hasty decisions I made hasty decision going into high school coming out of high school I had the option of going to um, trying to find somewhere to play football um, out of state junior college and playing football and baseball and uh, there's a school in Chicago called Triton um, Triton Community College baseball powerhouse at that time we're talking about the early 90s 90 91 92 and went to their uh, they had an open tryout for the Cincinnati Reds went to it I had a good camp the head coach of Triton was there offered me a scholarship um, on the spot and instead of thinking about it I immediately signed it and I gave up football at that time and played a year of baseball now best year of baseball I ever was associated in my life um, buckled down in school got straight A's my first year of college made the national dean's list uh, I think college was more my style academically because it's more about your pace rather than the pace that the teacher sets so uh, you know I did well I've I always did well in college I never had a problem with grades in college um, but going to Triton taught me how to be um, a professional uh, I was a punk 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 kid couldn't tell me otherwise we had a dress code and a haircut code and I was trying to defy that shit right away and um, it hurt me I mean uh, I didn't have a lot of guidance as far as um, when I had choices to make it was my choices to make and I really had no counseling uh, my dad wasn't versed in what to do and that kind of stuff my mom definitely wasn't no fault of their own they just my dad was a military guy his whole life and then uh, married my mom and was a truck driver you know so and my mom um, grew up on the south side of Chicago uh, very Italian uh, you know worked for the police department for a while and then uh, became a stay-at-home mom so they had no experience with what I was dealing with so I, it was all me to figure out on my own and uh, being the punk kid that I was it just uh, you know I was coachable on the field I was coachable at practice I never really talked back to coaches but when someone would tell me to cut my hair or do this or do that I always even if I agreed with them if someone told me to do it at that point in my life I just I was a contrarian I mean I did the opposite 
I would do the right thing if someone if someone didn't tell me to do it, and that's just not the way to do things. You have to do the right thing whether someone tells you to do it or not to do it, you know. And I'm I'm trying to relay that information to my kids, but um, you know, you just can't. Someone can't tell you that when you're when you're growing up. So, uh, yeah, that that baseball team I was on uh, my freshman year of college ended up being. I'd say the best baseball team in the country, college-wise. We finished the season with 60-plus wins and only nine losses. We ended up taking second in the national champ, uh, national uh, tournament. We lost to a guy who pitched in the big leagues for like 15 years, Bobby Howery. We lost 6-4. to four. But uh, we had 15 guys on that team drafted. 15. And it's, it was the first time I was able to be around professional athletes and realize that that's exactly what I wanted to do some way, somehow, one form or the other. So um, had a little setback that following summer, I had a really, what seemed to be a, a bad arm injury in my elbow. And it, I, I mean, Tommy John wasn't uh, prolific back then. It wasn't something people talked about, but I could not throw a baseball. And I thought I was going to be done playing baseball, playing sports in general, because I wasn't going to have another major surgery. Just um, you know, two years removed from having reconstructive ACL surgery and going through that rehab, um, it was it was crazy. It was super hard, and uh, I didn't want to do it again. And with an accident, I um, realized I could still throw a football with, without pain. So frantic, frantically uh, put together a highlight tape and sent it out to as many junior colleges as I could with only about six weeks until training camp started. Um, got some offers from some not so great uh, junior colleges across the country and then decided to stay local and play at a junior college in the Chicagoland area called Joliet Junior College. Played there for a year, um, was All-Conference All-American there, and um, got a lot of uh, scholarship offers. I transferred in the second semester. I went to a school in Tennessee, and then uh, I trained that off-season with uh, somebody that really taught me about what that off season was the se- was the time that I knew that I wanted to do fitness all the time. Uh, I was always in good shape. I was always genetically. I had, you know, I was b- gifted to having good genetics. Where I always had six packs. I always had. Uh, I was always defined. I was always really strong. I was always really really fast, and. Um, it just was a natural thing, but that off season is when I really started working hard in the weight room, and I credit that to a buddy of mine named Ted Copen, and uh, he was a local guy, went to a absolutely national uh, high school powerhouse football powerhouse, Richards High School in uh, Oaklawn, Illinois. They won at, when he was there. They won like sixty games in a row. They were nationally ranked every single year. They had Division One athletes all over the place, and uh, he's one of the greatest guys um, I've known. 
he taught me he was a strength and conditioning um assistant at purdue where you know he he trained with and trained himself uh um an nfl hall of famer mike allstott who's a chicago legend he trained him in the off season taught me about hard work and um you know they do a lot of sled pushing now well back in the day when they didn't have when we didn't have sleds to train with ted's the one that introduced me to pushing cars and um station wagons and ford broncos and working legs to you threw up it was you know stuff we wouldn't do i wouldn't do now um being smarter as a fitness person but back then you know in the blistering humid uh, humidity of of chicago summers uh ted really taught me what it meant to work hard for something that you were trying to strive for and you know it worked i mean i went into that um season the fastest i've ever been in my whole life i i came in uh running a, a legitimate 4440 um i ran i sub 44 i did a, a hand time um our our sprint coach was uh, a big 10 uh 100 meter champion ran timed me at a 439 thought he messed up ran it again at a 444 and uh they even wrote articles about it in the newspaper about how fast i was as a quarterback and Going to Tennessee, they um, wanted me to move to wide receiver. I again, bad, bad decisions. I mean, my it just goes back bad decisions in my life. So I should have stayed and I should have played wide receiver. I think I had the best opportunity looking back um, as a wide receiver. My best chance to play in the NFL would have been to play wide receiver instead of quarterback. Being the stubborn asshole that I was, cocky, 20-year-old, I wasn't having it. Transferred to a school, Middle Tennessee State, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, Was there for a year, played for one year, academically ineligible going into my uh, junior year because uh, I did not have enough credits towards my major. And... At that time, there was a rule that you had to have so many credits towards your major to be eligible. It doesn't matter what your grade point average was. You had to have so many credits towards your major, which I did not have. So, I mean, this starts a long streak of uh, uh, trend of transferring colleges. From there, I transferred to a school in West Virginia, Glenville State, where Rich Rodriguez, who most recently was the coach of University of Arizona, but also was the coach of University of Michigan, um, went there. I was overwhelmed there. It was in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. I couldn't handle it. I was, I'm was. i a city boy or a beach boy, one of the two. But, I mean, the closest uh, civilization was a hun- an hour and 15 minutes away. The town I was in had one stop sign. It was terrible, not to mention his offense was so complex that it would have took it, taken a year alone just to learn it back and forth. And uh, there was a, a senior, fourth-year junior, redshirt junior there that was – he was good. Rod Smith, he's still coaching um, major college football right now, actually. Not the most athletic kid, but super smart. 
very good quarterback, and he was going to play, and I did not have a year or two to wait to play. So I left there. I went to Westmar University in Iowa. One of the best year and a halfs of my life. I met some of my favorite people I've ever met. Um, again, another small school in Iowa, but close-knit, close-knit. I played football and baseball there. Um, we were great. We were nationally ranked in the top 10. School went bankrupt in the middle of the football season. Uh, the national rankings dropped us from 8th to 17th, which put us out of the playoffs, and we never played a game. Without losing a game, we were dropped out of the playoffs, never got the chance to play in the playoffs because we didn't have a school to go to. Uh, from there, I jumped over to South Dakota for a trimester, ran into the same situation I ran into with West Virginia. It just wasn't my style. South Dakota, I don't know if there's worse places. Sorry if any of you, anybody here listening is from South Dakota, but I just can't get my uh, head around living in South Dakota. I just couldn't do it. So I left there, went to a school in St. Louis, Lindenwood University, my favorite time of my college life. Uh, did a lot of growing up there, did a lot of... Um, some of my best friends to this day uh, are from that school. I still talk to them quite often. They're some of the greatest people I know. Um, one of the best coaches I've ever been around, uh, Dan Kratzer, played in the NFL, coached Division One, head coach at Lindenwood. Great, great, great coach, great, great, great man, uh, more importantly. Coach Tim Johnson, also, great, great coach, great man. Taught me about strength and conditioning for teams. And that's where I started to get the bug to be a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, helped as what they called a GA, grad assistant. Even though I wasn't in grad school, I was a student assistant to strength and conditioning there. It's where I learned the right ways to do programming for teams as far as um, bench press programming, getting stronger, programming to getting stronger, programming big Olympic lifts, power explosion, uh, translated into sport. And that's, um, you know, I always, I've been working out since way back when I was a sophomore in college. And I was always um, bringing people in to be workout partners and teaching them working out. And uh, that's where it all came from. And, and my college years molded me into knowing what I wanted to do when I got out. So um, living in St. Louis, which is, was a smaller city, but still a city, having some really, really close friends, I got to experience life. And, and it goes to this. So people are a lot really down on college. You know, if you're not going to be a lawyer, a doctor, they're college lately has been getting a bad rap as far as you don't need the education to live life and to have a, a great job and I can agree with that quite honestly the education isn't what I think the benefit of college is the education of college is the life part of it learning to to socialize with other people that you don't know make new friends um, 
be non-judgmental to the melting pot of people that come in from all walks of life from all over the country or the world. I mean, I went to schools that were multicultural from athletes coming from Africa and Jamaica and uh, because of Coach Johnson, um, Norway, Finland. You learn to get to know these people from all different walks of life. And that is what the beauty of college is. That's why what makes college great is the life experience, not the education. Yeah, the education's great. You learn stuff. But to be quite honest, any everything I've learned in college, I've forgotten already. But what I haven't forgotten is the life lessons I learned in college and, and the the relationships that I made and, and, and have kept. So... You know, college is great, and I. And that's why I told my daughter that you know I I wanted her to go to college, and I wanted her to go to way to college because I wanted her to have that experience. It's not about the education. Yes, the education is great. Will it get you jobs? Will it open doors? Yes, there's a possibility. It wouldn't have. My education hasn't done anything for me as far as job wise. Uh, nothing I've done in college has led me to a job. Nothing, but what I've learned in college has made me a better coach has made me a better people person has made me a better communicator and I learned that I wanted fitness as a part of my life because of what I went through in college and and training in team sports and team area so college is a lot more than just getting an education and um uh, it, it, for me, I've lived. I lived all over the place. I, I have people. I know people everywhere because of college, and I've made the greatest friends in my life. So, the only the only thing I think that college really does is it's when that's when you start getting older and, and fear starts creeping into your in your brain and your mindset, and the fear is comes from you know wanting being scared to fail, and it, it, it ruined me. It really, really ruined me. It prevents you from from taking chances on things because you don't want to fail. And now that I'm older, and Will Smith has a really great video that he put out probably about a month ago about failure. And failure is like your greatest gift that you can get. It is, you know, it should not be looked at as a negative thing. If you don't fail, you can't succeed. You can't know what it's like to succeed if you don't fail. I have 10 times more, shit, 100 times more failures in my life than successes. But if it wasn't for those failures, I would have never known what to do to succeed at the things I wanted to succeed in. So if I can, if I can tell kids that are in college or high school kids going to college or even high school kids just in high school right now, never ever be afraid to fail. So your dreams are your dreams. They shouldn't go away because you want to you need to live in the real world. You need to keep those dreams and keep going and going for them even if you fail a 100 times. If you really love that thing, you need to keep doing it. And you need to take in what failure feels like and not like that feeling because it will drive you to want to succeed more in the things that you're trying to do. And that's what I think living through college will te- will teach somebody if they go- if they think about it that way. Now it can go the other way. It could the fear fear like I mean I hate to bring this up with my daughter, but she 
is a great, great singer and got into her brain, uh, you know, late in high school that she has no, that's not an avenue for her to pursue and it's not realistic. And I, I'd hate that mentality. I think she should keep going for that, but she, we're in a acceptance now, um, era with social media how many likes you get how many views you get negative um, trolls on the internet and people being afraid that people don't like them that is what you have to get rid of that shit you can't think that way you have to do what you want to do and who gives a fuck what anybody else thinks who cares if you have 500 negative comments on something that you did on the internet because you loved it all that matters is that you loved it. That's all that matters. So uh, if there's anything I could tell high school and college kids right now is do what you love to do and don't worry about failing at it or getting negative feedback about it. Just work at what you at what you want and, and, and always keep that in your mind's eye that that's what you want to do with your life or that's something that you want to do in general. And I think you do that and, and, and embrace the failure. Use failure as a tool to grow and learn and not look at it as a negative, but as a positive. And I think that will go a long way. So, man, we've been at this an hour now, so I'm sure you're almost sick of hearing me talk. But I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you um interested in what my background is. I hope you got a little bit of insight about who I am, where I've come from. I did want to get to some questions, but we're going to hold that off until next week. Uh, at the end of next week's episode, I will answer uh, at least five, five um, listener questions. Um, if you have any questions, you could submit them anywhere on our Instagrams. Facebook, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, Instagram is Kevin Bay HFC and Hybrid Fit Club at Hybrid Fit Club on Instagram. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com backslash Kevin Bay or search Hybrid Fit Club. Either way, uh, leave us messages, um, send us a message with questions and uh, comments or any of that stuff, and we will uh, pick some out and answer them next week. We also have another two weeks for entries. Um, if you go to hybridfitclub.com backslash pay it forward, you or someone you know, you can enter them into our uh, six-month free membership contest. The best two stories um, will get two free memberships for six months on us all inclusive so other than that if you could go to itunes we would really really appreciate it if you could just take five seconds that's it give us a five-star review and if you have 30 seconds write us a little review everything that you put on there is very beneficial it makes the podcast more popular and puts it in front of more eyes. So please, please, please do that. Again, it takes two seconds. If I read your review online, I will send you a free t-shirt as long as you live in the US or anywhere besides China. I can't send, 
merch to China for some reason. Anyway, I don't know why that is, but please do that. It's it's really, really, it really, really helps. So thank you in advance. Again, I appreciate you listening. We will be back next week with part two. I am Kevin Bay. This is The Hybrid Life. Thanks for listening. See ya!